Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Smarts and Strikes Podcast. We cover every bump, every spot, and chat with all the talent around the world of wrestling. Here's your host, Bill Matz, former WWE referee Kevin Keenan, and Eric Golden. What's going on, everyone? Come on in, sit down, and enjoy some Smarks and Stripes. Big show today. Kevin Keenan alongside my man, Eric the Turtle Gold. What's up, Turtle? What's up, man? Two very special in-studio guests today. And it's not us? It's not us. It's, 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 it's certainly not us. It's never us. It's no, never us. True. In studio, we have the executive vice president sitting right across from me of AEW, my guy, Cody Rhodes, and along with his wife, chief brand officer of AEW, Brandy Rhodes. What's up, guys? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting diagonally, actually. Diagonally across. Di- which made me think in your moment of this wonderful build you gave us about Diagon Alley. <laughs> I started having Potter thoughts randomly in this That's moment. That's fair. You're like, big Harry Potter fan? I was say Harry huge, Potter fan. Yeah. Huge, uh, a huge Harry Potter fan. Anyone who gets into my, no pun intended here, because now anyone who gets into my little inner circle, I make them take the... The Pottermore quiz to you find can't out what. Say house. that anymore. There are other words that you can. Anybody say. who gets into my trusted. My tribe. I don't think you can say tribe. I think you can. So wouldn't it be your house though if it's a Harry Potter thing? Well, uh, <laughs> most of them don't. Uh, I uh, I always register as a Hufflepuff, but Brandy is a Slytherin, and then all my other friends typically one of them, which is really weird because Ravenclaw is meant to be witty, but my dumbest friend got Ravenclaw. So now I'm starting mm. to think the Pottermore quiz may just be... How many times have you guys been to Harry Potter World? Oof. Maybe 20. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. In you, guys are big, you guys are big Disney Park. That's not Disney. That's Universal. That's right? Universal. Yeah, Universal and that, yeah, uh, so we've really... Do, we've This schedule, this wrestling schedule, has afforded us wrestling one show a week. And uh, most of the other clerical stuff, uh, you don't have to be in studio for. So we've been able to make more trips than we used to make, but... Yeah, we we're regular regular Potter folks. The only thing though, when it's po- when it's time to go, like I like to party, and we, it's hard. Like a few I'm butter beers never well, hurt. Well, see, I'm thirty. I'm thirty four. Yeah, 34. I think those butter beers will hurt. They you will hurt you. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta like really think in your mind, like okay, we're gonna do the cheat meal is gonna happen here, and then you gotta get all the way there because wrestler's time. biggest mistake is the night after. Like even though you say like the next day I'm gonna do the cheat meal, when the show's over. What's stopping Candy. you from doing it right there? Yeah, yeah. no, we Candy. had his nutritionist with us at Harry Potter last time, and she was man, she was a downer. <laughs> She'd be like, yeah. only one of those, maybe half. Be like, come on, we're yeah. <laughs> we're at the park. She wasn't that much fun, <laughs> guys. Lots to get into with you, but uh, let's start here, Cody. I'll start with you, Brandy. Same question uh, is going to apply. The first three AEW TNT tapings sold out in a matter of minutes in DC. Uh, Boston and tomorrow night as well uh, here in Philadelphia at the Leocorus Center. Why was it important for you to bring AEW to Philadelphia right from the outset? Well, Philadelphia is just uh, important to wrestling. Like the tapestry of nationwide wrestling. Everybody who's a wrestler, a referee, cameraman, you want to go to Philadelphia. And 
it has a lot to do with obviously ECW and kind of the the pop and like or the punk rock situation that that happened there and that was happening even before ECW when uh, Tully and uh, Terry Funk at Slamboree in Philadelphia and mm-hmm. there if you back at the old Civic Center right there, there, there's a different every market even though we have we're, we're worldwide now with dynamite but every market does have a different specific thing that they like and want and we have the opportunity to tailor a show towards them uh, like Taz coming tomorrow to do AEW Dark is a no-brainer for mm-hmm. me like Taz it's really cool yeah and and he doesn't have to and one thing I learned from my dad was when the wrestlers get older they don't have to be the same people they were anymore there's a whole new side to being an older veteran legend wrestler and Taz is going to be able to do that he's going to be commentating on fresh new tier one faces like what a huge rub he's giving them and well, it's, it's just wonderful but Philly was just somewhere we had to go and we we do really great we've got all these wonderful people like Chris Harrington and Raphael who mm-hmm. you know Raphael we're, sur- we're flanked by really smart people in business who pointed at they had a lot of data here a lot of views here in Philly so we had to come I'm going to take you guys back to All In for a second mm-hmm. hugely successful great pay per view but that seemed to be your starting point yeah. but where did the pieces start to fall before that how does Tony come in and how does this all begin? Well, I, I knew Tony. I guess I knew more of him because he was a, a wrestling fan and he would come to a lot Major of... Major fan, right? Yeah, and he would come to a lot of WWE events. Um, and you you know when someone comes because you get the heads up, like, hey, one of the NFL owners is yeah, at your show today coming. Um, he had an interest in starting a promotion as a little kid. He had, you know, these journals, these fantasy bookings and he'd even dynamite was something he was talking about as a kid but when it came when all in happened and we were standing in the ring and this is after the cameras stopped rolling we knew we were going to do a second one like we hadn't booked a venue but we knew mm-hmm. right. and we thought i think matt jackson asked me in the ring do you want to announce it now <laughs> and i i have a bad tendency to like yeah but th- i knew like even that like we should hold off on but then Tony changed gears after our free agency came up because our free agency was just a really silly situation. Kenny Omega, Matt, Nick Jackson, Hangman Page, and myself are all going to be free on January 1st. What are the odds of that, really? Like, it's massive exodus of talent and it's all going to be able to fall right on your lap. It's bizarre that it came to be. And that is where Tony really dove in as far as a company stand standpoint goes. But... Brandy actually took the first meeting with Tony. Matt took the first call. Brandy took the first meeting. I didn't believe him. I've heard a <laughs> lot of people say, I want to start a wrestling company. Sure, sure. I, even my dad, I want to start. I do too, but it didn't right? work out. So it, it's a very ambitious, ambitious task. But you you met with him first, right? Yeah. Um, I'm usually pretty good at vetting people like out the gate. So <laughs> I said, sure, I'll, I'll meet Tony. And um his vast knowledge of wrestling was insanely impressive. More so, his vast knowledge of me was insanely impressive because I figured at this meeting, all right, if I'm going to you know, talk to this guy, if he actually wants to talk about my life here and what I'm going to do with my life, I'm going to tell him everything I'm planning on doing, and it's probably going to you know, scare him. But he, he sat down and told me everything I was planning on doing without having ever talked to me based on my background and everything that he had read about me and known about me he knew that i wanted a position like this he knew that i wanted to wrestle and be in ring and be talent and he knew that i wanted to be kind of one of the faces of this company and i was like 
cool. Well, <laughs> do you want to get a drink or something then? Since you already know all this stuff ab- about me, that's that's great. But a, a lot like Cody, though, I don't believe anything until I sign a piece of paper. Sure. I tell people that all the time. I'm probably the worst person like in entertainment ever. Because if you tell me, oh, we're doing this and it's great, I'll say, yeah, yeah. And then I'll turn right around and talk to somebody else because I don't believe you until I've signed anything. Sure. So I'm just mm. getting all my ducks in a row for whoever brings the paperwork first. And in this case, Tony was real. And the paperwork he sent to Japan to make sure we all signed it yeah. right sent, at the same time. He sent an envoy to Japan to have us sign. He, we could have easily just signed when we got home. Mm-hmm. There was <laughs> We were coming home three days later, but he sent an envoy to Japan to get the signatures on the day. Uh, very serious and in any organizations he's involved with Fulham Football Club in the UK and then obviously the Jacksonville Jags. Um, Are we allowed to say Jacksonville Jaguars up here? Sure. Yeah, they have our quarterback, you know that, right? Well, not anymore. Wow. Not anymore, really. Yeah. Um, but but they uh, to see him at that to see him in his Jags capacity as senior vice president there and how he deals with high level situations and how he deals with players and stuff. I was. I was so impressed. I came to, I think he thought I was just coming to watch a game. I came to kind of watch him and man, I was, he's, he's a different type of leader, much different than, than Vince was. He's much more collaborative type of leader. And, uh, I, I really, Tony's great. Really enjoy Tony. So let me ask you, Brandy, you've sold out a bunch of pay-per-views already, sold out a bunch of house shows or TV tapings now too. Is there any concern that a year down the line when you hit Philly for maybe the second or third time or any city? that you might not have the same momentum? If so, how do you fix that? Well, of course, there's always a concern like that, but the concern starts to filter away each show that we have because I know that if we go back to Boston after last week at Boston, how just incredibly excited Mm -hmm. and going super hard to the very end the members of that audience were. I know if we say we're going back to Boston tomorrow, those same people are going to buy tickets again because they had that great of a time and they really, really enjoyed what they saw. So each show I think that we have, I have even more confidence, less wavering because of how great the shows have gone and just how the audience has responded to the shows. So we know, by and large, this business has been in a stronghold by one person for decades upon decades. Vince McMahon has had has uh, his hands around the sports entertainment industry for decades, essentially as the new kids on the block, guys. How is AEW planning to compete uh, forward for years down the line where Next Door Neighbor is a multi-billion dollar uh, world-class organization? I think our, our focus has to be, it has to be on us. Uh, people, people got really mobilized and they got really excited about NXT and us being the same Wednesday nights. But we... We never were thinking of it that way. We were just excited about the fact that, you know, Tony went out there and procured the TNT deal and the Warner Media deal, and the partners we have at Warner Media are are amazing. Their marketing team, their their digital team, they're they're amazing and they're fresh. There isn't one person there who was there when WCW was around. So we, it's fun to teach an entire room. Hey, here's the story of wrestling, and here's why this is romantic and special to some people. But specifically more talking about the level of competition, I don't think we, on the surface, you cannot say it's not competitive because you're on television, you're on different networks and owned by different parent companies, and you're a wrestling show. But we are not ready to say that we're competing as much as we're ready to say we just want the best dynamite out there. Um, And the last two weeks, um, ratings-wise, have been a nice indicator. Um, I, we, we, we've won 
you know, both those weeks. But when looking at the actual ratings themselves, it's not much. We have to we have to focus on us to grow that grow that number versus being reactionary to what right. they do. We've had a big long plan. We've had a year to to build this in pre production, and now we have all week to get ready for one single dynamite and only four to five major pay per views a year to work backwards from. We should always be prepared and never be reactionary. So I think that's the answer as far as we'll, we we just need to be prepared to do what we're going to do. We want to offer an alternative. Uh, to wrestling now do I personally think the alternative is better yep but I, I first and foremost I want to make sure we offer just a different alternative to wrestling everybody I had orange juice this morning for breakfast I love orange juice uh, but I might uh, drink a Coors Light in the evening that's very much how these brands differ uh, one is juice one is an adult beverage I guess that makes any sense. Great analogy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> keeping it. along the same line. So you and I, we're, we're the same age here. And obviously the last time something like this happened, we were kids, but you were pretty much in the thick of it. Uh, so with everything going on right now, Raw on NXT on USA, AEW on TNT, SmackDown Live on Fox, Impact on Access, all of the streaming networks and everything, all at your fingertips and the like. Are we on another? Are we on the verge of another boom here in the industry? I think we're in another boom, but it's hard to gauge because we live in the era of cord cutters, of streaming service, of at your fingers disposable app based uh, wrestling. So it's almost hard to see, but I cannot think of a better time. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say a bunch of people at this moment. I can't think of a better time to be a wrestler than a time when you had like four to five different options of wrestling in a single week. I c and I can't think of a better time to be a wrestler. I, I put this in my initial statement about AEW was if AEW was to flop tomorrow, if tomorrow was the last show for AEW, what AEW's done in the industry can't be undone now. Wrestlers, correct. wrestlers yep. have an opportunity for potentially more income. Wrestlers can now ask for a healthier schedule like Tony has provided us. So that's something I'm incredibly proud of. Do I want to keep going and do I want more? Um, absolutely. But I think I think we're entering we're entering a boom or we're in it. And a good a good indicator of that was this was the biggest debut for TNT in five years. I saw that. That's unbelievable. Un unreal. And I, I, I didn't want to say like I told you so TNT because they were on board there. Right. I mean, there's all the stuff they come up with is so cool. I really love it. But um, it was that was a really uh, validating moment. And we just have to keep that going. We have to keep that momentum going and that energy going. And we have to open our ears uh, to the audience because that's the biggest thing we have going for us is to hear them and accommodate them. Do you guys take a little pride in knowing that you're part of this boom, maybe a huge part of this boom? Um, I think it, it's been really gratifying for us, particularly this group, because we are that group that was um, considered un undesirable. Everyone in the group for, has some story as to how they felt that they were cast in a, in a category of nah, but we all felt we had so much more to offer. So then to be able to spearhead this and have like what we had for the premiere, it's very gratifying to say someone was wrong. Someone yeah. was wrong and, and I stayed true to myself and I've pushed and I've worked extremely hard and I'm right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I have a I take a lot of pride in this and uh, there's, 
there's a reason that my face is on almost everything. It's not a selfish choice. I don't pick the marketing materials, but I am the first one to put my hand up and I'm the first one to, to acknowledge, you know, there was a conversation that happened. Well, should we tell people we're EVPs or should we not? And everybody has a different opinion as to why you wouldn't, why you would. In my case, I said, I want them to know everything. I'm putting everything into this. This isn't a springboard into anything else for me. It's a springboard into AEW for me. So I'm, I'm immensely proud of, of all of this. Just immensely. You may, you were talking, it made me think of something. We were talking about the debut. It made me think of something that my dad said as far as WrestleManias were concerned. He'd always say like, oh, that's great, but what are you doing the next night? And now like that's that's now what I'm thinking about. And I think everybody in the the production side of AEW thinks that way and works backwards. Jericho is at the top at the moment, and that's where we would start. And he, he also is that way. What are we continuing to do? Whereas it's not hot-shotted, you know? It's a little off topic. But <laughs> no, that's I good. I went there. This is one of my favorite questions to ask, especially with people who know my co-host here. Uh, can you make you can make this as embarrassing as you want? Sure. <laughs> what juicy good stories do you have about my friend Kevin Keenan right here? Oh boy, I I don't know if it's particularly a, a juicy or good story, but so Keenan came to OVW. I had already been there, and I had already kind of settled in, even though I was not a good wrestler, nor was I season at all but I had been there long enough and I had a, a kind of brain for wrestling that we had a little click okay and it was it Which was you were the ringleader of. yeah it was a little click going on and it was yeah. a good it was a good click we loved wrestling we yeah. wanted to have the best OVW show but I just remember Keenan because of the way he talks <laughs> and he's very curt and brash that he did not that's correct rub up correctly with a lot of folks <laughs> But he did rub up correctly with all of us. All there was just a couple things that I, I I think we had to tell you, or Danny had to tell you to not film the dark matches or not be near the camera because Keenan was right next to the camera. And this was maybe during I might the have day. Been bl- blocking a floor camera. Yeah, something like blo- that. <laughs> but he was right near the camera, and this was also on promo day, and he was burying <laughs> everything that would go out because, like, uh, <laughs> you know, developmental is one thing. Right. Dark developmental is a whole nother. A whole other thing. So I just remember, like, on promo day and on those days, you could hear him like just burying the show, <laughs> and it's it's all it's actually you're in good company because Randy Orton, same thing, had to be. He would watch up top in the little catwalk area, mm-hmm. and Danny told him like, "I can hear you. <laughs> I can hear you." Yeah. But I, I remember that about Keenan. But Keenan was super. Uh, he's the type of person that we've we've helped. Like AEW is built on people like Keenan, if that makes any sense. Okay. Jeff Jones is a good example. Man, Jeff can be super annoying, but but <laughs> brother, I would rather have him be super annoying, and I'd rather have him do way too much stuff that's not in his lane right. than sit and collect a check. Yeah. It's a startup. Is it a massive startup owned and invested by an NFL owner? Yep. But it's still a startup. So. Keenan's the type of person like that, and we've surrounded ourselves with people like that. Like, hey, man, you've got, you're the cameraman, you're the wrestler, you're the producer. Okay. Like, you got all these jobs, and that's I think the best way to learn. Anything from you on our good friend Kevin here? I had never met him. We before actually, yeah, today. we missed each other by a few years. No, I'm just oh. kidding. Yeah. Obviously, I know you. No, but we. Oh, <laughs> I well, no. of course. Kevin. Well, we no. missed each other by a few years in the company. Oh, okay. We were we were never there at the same time. I mean, Kevin can tell you we didn't we didn't do a lot of. Uh, wrestling like we did the show wwe classics on demand was 7.99 added to your cable package the network wasn't even a thing not a nowhere even near a we thing. just like it was college for a lot of us that's always how i describe yeah it. it was college so we just did a lot of partying 
<laughs> a lot of, and then we'd like wake up early to be wrestlers again. But Correct. It was, it was so much partying. It's un- unreal. That OVW experience, I, the regimented experience they have now, I would not trade it in for the world for the OVW uh, I would experience. N- I would never trade in those years. I mean, it was okay. PTs, the strip club, Hooters, the pool hall. like Fourth Street. Uh, Fourth Street Live. OVW owned Louisville. Yeah, um, you got you to understand where we were. Like we, you know, no, no joke, ran that town, and the regimes that were before us like, did the same thing. Yeah. So we were on local TV there on the CW. So like by and large, like quote unquote local stars. If there was a line outside uh, the Fourth Street Club, Sully's or Rock Bar, the security would, and more often than not, they were OVW guys. They were wrestlers. Contracted. Right to the front of the line, right in the VIP. Like it was a wild time, and just like Cody said, I uh, I equate that to my college. That I mean, that one thousand percent was my college. This sounds so shady, but we had the cops in our pocket too. So if anyone ever got <laughs> any right. trouble, like it'd be like, all right, well, we drove him home. Yeah. Or like Timmy Baltimore hit somebody in the face with his cane on Fourth Street. Kept that one quiet. And if you got released, this sounds terrible. But if you got released, you'd end up just being a bouncer at the at Fourth Street. Yeah. So yeah. you'd see like that's cool. Ryan Reeves, who had you know several runs with WWE, but he went from like Ryback at OVW to then he was working at like Smoky Bones yeah, and a right. bouncer, and then you <laughs> saw him again in W. Like it was just it was a unique town, man. It I, was. I loved it though. It was a great time. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked him, but in reverse, and I hope he doesn't jump over the table and kick my ass for asking this, but what, what embarrassing stories do you have about Cody? Uh, not really anything embarrassing. Uh, for, the, uh, for the sake of time, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. Uh, Cody was the very first person, he alluded to it earlier, the very first person I met when I walked in the doors of OVW, and I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a TV day. It was a Wednesday day, and he was sitting in the ring uh, in the turnbuckle, just chilling before a show or, you know, doing whatever we do. And he hopped right out of the ring. I guess he didn't know who I was. I was my first time literally in the building. Hopped right out of the ring and said, hey, man, I'm Cody Rhodes. What's your name? I said, I'm Kevin. I said, I'm brand new. You know, cool, man. Let's make sure you meet everybody. Literally took me around, made sure I met everybody. Funny enough, when I got transferred to FCW, Ted DiBiase Jr. was the uh, person who did the same thing, almost, almost to the T. Uh, but what I always remember about Cody is the way he looked out for me. So you got to remember, like we were just talking about, we were together. Like by and large from 2006 to 2009, uh, 2009 is when I got let go from the company. We were together every single day. We trained together. We ate together. We partied together. We hung out. We were together. When Cody went to the main roster, I was still in developmental. I'm going to tell a quick story here. Cody was OVW tag team champion on Raw with Bob Holly. I come up for a weekend of house shows. And, of course, the new guy is always the bait. So I get into a little bit of a predicament, uh, not manufactured by me, of course, uh, with another referee who there goes and gets Bob Holly to scare me, quote, unquote. And mind you, I'm out of developmental and for the weekend on the main roster and scared to death. I have no, like my, I'm getting fired. I have no idea what to do. Bob Holly's in my face screaming at me. And I'll never forget, later down the line, oh, by the way, in the middle of all of this, I have Brian Kendrick drawing up a, a, a map of the outside so he can lure the referee outside and I can ambush him and punch him in the face. <laughs> Actually happened. Wow. Brian, I said, Brian, it's probably not good for my future employment, but I really appreciate your, uh, I pr- appreciate your help. Later on down the line, I remember later on in the day, Cody comes to me and goes, hey, let me talk to you. 
He said, I talked to Bob. Don't worry about nothing. He goes, I told him you're one of my guys. You really love wrestling, and we probably need more guys like you around here. So after that, I never had another problem on the main roster again because my, my guy took care of it. Bob, man. Wow. I don't know why Bob listened to me in that regards. But <laughs> he, Bob was pretty good at like during the day when he had an audience. There was a different Bob, but when you got in the car with Bob, it was very reasonable and like just fitness heavy minded like normal human being so yeah i'm glad i'm glad we he we was squ- actually okay with it after that not for nothing. glad we squashed that yeah. that's good yeah. very cool uh brandy women's wrestling is in a huge boom as well they may have had one of the biggest pay-per-views out there they had their own pay-per-view can you see AEW following a similar path at some point in time i mean I, i'm never gonna say yes or no but i all i want to say is that i don't feel any pressure for us to do what somebody else did I think there's plenty of ways to highlight women and our women are fantastic. And they're, like I said, growing up right before the audience's eyes. So um, we'll do what makes sense for AEW. That's always what we're going to do. Kudos to everybody and everything they're doing for women's wrestling. It's, it's fantastic. And uh, I, I love all of it, but I don't feel any pressure to come behind somebody else with a broom and, and continue their janitorial work. So <laughs> understandable. For the both of you, and the last one for me at least, you've mentioned a whole list of names that were free agents at the same time. We know your roster is pretty deep, but who on your roster that you might not really know right now is somebody either on the male roster or the female roster that we should look out for, that we can go, oh, wow, like that guy or girl is going to be great. I think this is probably too much of an obvious answer. I think it's really transparent on screen mm-hmm. how much I've invested in MJF. I'm right there with you. I literally, like, the guy's at my house uh, all the time. Like, he's he's just... I feel like I had to sell MJF to Matt and Nick for All In. And then after All In, it was I'd never had to sell him again. It sure. was, oh, he, he's just remarkably special. Uh, there's... I don't know which, what it is. If it's the in, in ring, his work. I don't know if it's his rap on the mic or if it's the thing you can't point out. But that's one that I know for sure. Uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry is another one. Luchasaurus. Because um, Luchasaurus is right there on the precipice of... Is he the cool thing to cheer for? Or can he be... Or can he be Kane? Or can he be right. like a whole... Which, which is it? And it's all in his development that, that will decide that. If you know you hot shot it or if you move it properly and on the on the women's side of things Britt Baker I, I, I have a like lot Brit, of faith in Britt I feel like Britt's the obvious answer to a yeah. lot of people just because you know Britt she's been with us since since day one really which is all in she showed up and kind of started to cultivate this audience but uh I have to say that I think B Priestley is is yeah. a, a sleeper of a really really good a uh, little bit reckless, <laughs> really, really good, <laughs> well, though, in the ring. Well, the thing about B is uh, there's in wrestling, it's really quick because words a vanity business. It's really quick when you see your, your roster to know who took their time off seriously. And when B Priestley shows up and she's in incredible shape, right. you get it like, oh, you didn't you didn't just take a check. You, you're 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 gearing up because it's this weird thing in the business. Once guys actually hit TV, it's called the freshman 15, like in college where they go the other way. And you think like you finally got your thing. What what what's happening? And so just from just from your eyes alone, just the naked eye, you can tell like be somebody that's been training and, and put in the done the work. So that's that's always a good indicator that they're taking this seriously. 
couple more guys as we uh, start to wrap up here. Cody, you mentioned in a previous interview that I saw uh, that being able to talk to Dusty for 30 years is what prepared you for the role uh, that you're in now. I mean, you're literally following in the footsteps of the dream. If he was with you in Washington, D.C. a couple weeks ago before you guys went live on TNT, what advice do you think he would have given you? He, he wouldn't have given me any advice, I think, because he was waiting and he, he yearned for the day that he was a uh, wrestling fan. He wanted to be a fan again. I, the last appearance he had on TV, I remember him saying, like, I, he just didn't want to do it. He didn't want to appear old. He didn't want to be old. Uh, he wanted to always be f- forever young as far as remember me for this. Remember me for, he didn't want to be embarrassed. And he'd get mad at his colleagues and peers who he used to wrestle when they'd go out there and kind of sell their soul a bit for that extra moment. But nonetheless, that's part of the wrestling business. That I get asked all the time, what would I tell him about what's happening and what AEW would be? And I, I, it would take me forever to explain what would happen. But I would suggest to him just to watch. And I hope somewhere he is watching because... That's the only way you know. My brother didn't believe in AEW until he walked out in the MGM Grand. I could see in his face. And I kept telling Brandy, I'm like, I don't think Dustin gets it. And I, I don't blame him. He'd been all up and down every sure. which way. He'd been in multiple companies. But I think uh, he probably wouldn't, uh, to go back to your question about Dusty, he probably wouldn't give any advice. He'd probably just want to watch uh, and see. And uh, I, I think he it's the type of wrestling he loved. So I think he'd love it. As somebody who's also lost their father, not as recently as you, but way back when, it brings me a lot of pride and joy when friends and family and coworkers come up and say, oh, your dad was the best at this, or I loved when he said that. Yeah. Do you feel the same way when wrestlers come out and said, if it's not for your dad, I wouldn't be here? Oh. Things of that nature? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's something that you really like can't escape. Um and there's this kind of public ownership on my dad, which I've had. I have to get used to, uh, and it's never something you get used to, really, if that makes any sense. Because they have their own kind of fandom and ownership of him, and then I have him as a dad. And sometimes you want that, and you don't want everyone to have him. But at the Hall of Fame, when we'd sit together, he used to nudge me when someone was getting ready to or had thanked him, because the whole lineup would usually be like, "Hey, I want to thank Dusty. I got my start." Hey, I want to thank Dusty. He gave me my first gimmick. Hey, I want to thank Dusty. He gave me my first pair of boots. Like, if I could follow that path, not a path that I ever really intended on following, but if I could follow that path, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely be in, in good, you know, a good place. I do like that AEW's really moved away from talking so much about Dusty as far as Jim Ross is so I know it's really hard when I'm out there for him not to talk about Dusty but it is so fun for him to like okay okay Cody this is what Cody does and I I, I all right I'm starting to get Cody more every week he starts to get me a little bit more and I know my dad would like that absolutely two more guys uh tomorrow night AEW on TNT uh live at the Leah Chorus Center here in Philadelphia what can Philadelphia expect to see tomorrow night from all elite wrestling Oh, man, just if you can imagine, last week topped the first week by just a bit. Mm -hmm. 
that's the goal every week is to top the last week. So uh, if you were really, really enthralled and enthusiastic about what you saw in D.C. and what you saw in Boston, you should be extremely excited about what you're going to see in Philly because we're continuing in this pattern of upping the ante each week here as we go. And I know the Philly crowd is going to be amazing because the Philly crowd never lets you down, no matter where you're at, whether it's ECW or Wells Fargo. It's all the best crowd. So I'm looking forward to Philly because I think it's going to be an just electric atmosphere. I think it's a really important show for us, not just because it's our third dynamite, not just because we want to see the viewership rise, just because of the plain and simple black and white fa- fact that this is our first time in Philadelphia. I I have a really big. It's very important that guys in the night. If I'm not out there on the last match, whether dark or not, I always I'm really adamant. Who's ever out there at the end of the night, please send them home happy. Please make sure they know they can come next time. And get the same experience. Uh, so this is a good start for us in a city that will not just openly take you. They got you got to put out something damn good, and then they'll turn it up for you. And that's that's the goal with tomorrow night. Cody, last question goes to you. Uh, when this is all said and done for you, when you look back on the body of work you've created, and I mean I mean all of it, what legacy is more important to you, the one you created in the ring or the one you're currently creating behind the scenes? Well, I want to run for office, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it I can't answer because I never expected to get this job. This this is such a unique job to be in the same role that my dad had, to be able to use all the experience I had in WWE, the 30 years I had talking to Dusty every day about events and promotion and wrestling and angles. I had this crazy education of wrestling that could only be applicable to this job that didn't exist until January. So I think perhaps I perhaps a legacy on the si- on the other side of the camera. Perhaps I think the latter in your question as far as an executive would be something I would focus more on because you can't take bumps uh, forever. But right now I still I still chase it all. Like I told. Tony, when he hired hired me, I want to be your best EVP and I want to be your franchise guy. And I'm not asking you. I'm telling you I want to be, meaning I'm going to do the work uh, to be that. So we'll see. I think in five years, maybe I'll have a more uh, a grip on, on how much, uh, how deep dive I'm going to take behind the camera. Cody and Brandy Rhodes, thank you guys very thank you so much. much. Thank you. Thank AEW you. on TNT live tomorrow night in Philadelphia at the Leah Cora Center. For Eric the Turtle Golden, this is Kevin Keenan. This has been Smarks and Stripes. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.